This is our, our fifth of our admonitions to the beloved. Uh, it starts there in verse number 20, but ye beloved, it, I love the the conjunctions of the Bible, and again, if uh, you know, it's not an English lesson, but if you know English, conjunctions take you from one thought to another, amen, and many times from opposite thoughts, and we've been looking at apostasy and, and all the wickedness, and, and by the way, glory to God, you ought to read verse 15, if you, you look around and you get discouraged, listen, there is going to come a day where Jesus Christ is going to judge all ungodliness, Every last bit of it. He, and, and those people that now have the loudest voices will be silent at that moment. But we move from verse 20 and he says, I, I've warned you about all these wicked ones. I've warned you about all these apostates, these that don't have the Holy Spirit. But ye, beloved, it's not just about warning you about this. You need to, spiritually speaking, Keep yourself right, too. Miss Danielle and I saw each other today at uh, Sam's Club. We were talking about that. We were talking about how, uh, uh, you know, and I think it's the, the Lantis' anniversary today. Our anniversary's in June. And, and we said we, we got married in June before wickedness was a thing publicly. Amen? When you could actually enjoy the month of June. It was the marriage month. By the way, sidebar on that, it seems like uh, of all the months to, to take over, the marriage month is kind of a funny one to, to do that. Amen? Just to, you know, that one was free, not in the notes. Amen? But uh, uh, we were talking about how it's, just, it's enough to just, just absolutely uh, boil your blood if you're not careful, but you've got to stay right with God. And after reading all this about apostasy, he says, but ye beloved, and the first thing he tells us there, number one, is that we're to be building up ourselves on our most holy faith. Hey, listen, I hope you as Christians, we have new Christians in this room, we have veteran Christians in this room, I hope you every day get in the Word of God and build your faith. When I visited Brother Jack Miller, uh, Jack and Hazel last night, uh, just stopped over real quick. They said, Pastor, can we get a new Bible reading schedule? And Jack had it, and he was uh, soaking his foot, and he accidentally dropped the sheet into the soaking water, Uncle Joe. And he said, we need it. And it was all, you know, looked like if you had a book in the bathtub, and you fell asleep, and you woke up, and the book was about that big, amen. And, but he said, they said, we're really enjoying the Bible reading schedule this year, really enjoying our time. in the. Hey, listen, it's not enough to just stand against apostasy. you got to build yourself up, too. Listen, you you got to take nourishment every day from the Word of God. So, building up yourselves in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. We talked about that. We talked about how asking God to lead us in our prayer time. Asking God, Lord, show me some of the things that I need to pray for today. Show me some of the people who are in true need of prayer today. Number three, we're to keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, here's something you don't have to worry about. God will keep you saved. If you've trusted Christ, you're saved. I know some in this room, including your preacher, have struggled over the years with doubt. You know why we struggle with doubt? Sin creeps in and disrupts our fellowship. It doesn't disrupt our sonship. Okay, a great example right now is uh, my wife and I are raising teen boys 
You know, it was a lot easier to raise a five-year-old and a three-year-old than it is a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old. Now, some things are great. Some things are great, Brother Steve. When we say, hey, we're leaving in five minutes, we don't have to find pull-ups or, you know, this or any, you know, the, the, the big bag. Mom used to have the super bag that she carried. We could just say, hey, we're leaving, and then they actually get in the car by themselves now. It's amazing, amen? Wasn't always that way. But sometimes they get little attitudes that they didn't used to get when they were five and three, and there's a little disruption in the fellowship that they have with mom and dad. By the way, it doesn't mean they're not our kids anymore. Remember that in your own life. If you've trusted Christ, you rely on this. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it is up to you to stay in love with Jesus. That's up to you. That's, that, that's what Jesus said to Peter. Lovest thou me? Lovest thou me? Lovest thou me? Remember what he said, what Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, you've left your first love. All of us at some point probably could identify with that statement. Hey, there was a time where I was, it, uh, the love for Jesus was a little hotter and it cooled off a little bit. Well, we're to keep ourselves in the love of God. Number four, we're to be looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, you know what? Again, all that's going on around us, oh my goodness, it, it's enough uh, to make a Quaker cuss. It really is. But you know what we're supposed to do? Lift up our heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. When you see all these things come to pass, number five, we're to have compassion, making a difference. Oh, I don't know about you, I know I fall short of that. I want to be a difference maker. But sometimes me just wanting to be a difference maker and not having the compassion that I should is something I need to pray for. God, give me that compassion, please. Give me your compassion. Jesus had it. And then number six tonight, we have uh, verse 23. If you look at it there, it tells us another, another admonition. There's seven admonitions here. But the, it says, And others save with fear... And then what's it tell us? Pulling them out of the fire. So this is the action, number six, pulling them out of the fire. The text tells us in your uh, lesson there, the text tells us, and others save with fear. Okay? The fire mentioned in verse 23 cannot be anything but the fire of hell. It cannot be anything else. And so it tells us here, us Christians, after again, dealing with apostates and dealing with their condemnation and dealing with their ungodliness, he said, you, build up yourself in the Holy Ghost, pray, or pray in the Holy Ghost, build up your holy faith, keep yourself in the love of God, look for the mercy of God, have compassion, and pull people out of the fire. Christian, listen to me. That is our job. Not just the preacher's job. Not just the deacon's job. Not just the evangelist's job. Every one of us ought to be trying to rescue somebody. Ought to have somebody that is heavy on our heart. Family members, neighbors. I think about, I have a precious neighbor and uh, I've not been able to talk with him about the Lord yet. I'm looking for the opportunity. It's burdensome. It ought to be burdensome. 
You know why it ought to be burdensome? Because of the illustration of fire. If my neighbor's house was on fire, I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't say, well, I hope he gets out. Oh, I'd stand in my driveway and watch it, Brother Stark, and say, yeah, he's probably not home. No, if I saw that the house was on fire, I got a hunch I might even take a stick or something and break open a window, Brother, Brother Jim, and say, Kurt, are you home? Are you guys okay? And I'd listen. God, give us a little bit of urgency. You know, when the trumpet sounds, it's done. Oh, I'm not saying people won't be saved after the tribulation. A lot of people are going to be saved after the tribulation, and they're going to pay for it with their lives. I'm telling you what, ladies and gentlemen, God says to us in these dark days of apostasy, we ought to be pulling people from the fire. Wait, listen, and praise God, our, our churches. You know, listen, I'm, I'm not scolding you tonight. I'm exhorting you as your preacher. You ought to have gospel tracks on you. The other day, I, we, we, my boys and I went for a haircut, and I said to Eric, go out, go out to the truck and uh, get a gospel track. And he said, Dad, there's none in there. About how big I felt. Now, here's the preacher. Preaching on pulling people out of the fire. But I did get to talk to my, the lady that was cutting my hair. And she said, you know what? God's trying to tell me something. I said, what's that? She said, you're the fourth pastor I've cut hair for. <laughs> I said, well, amen. And I told her, that's what I always say, Miss Judy. I said, come give us a try. You might love it, you might not. But come, come give us a try. I know you'll hear the word of God. The, the thought, and, and here's back to, the, back to the list here, the thought of a person spending eternity in hell ought to strike fear in our hearts and move us to share our faith with that lost person. You got friends that aren't saved. I know it's, listen, people say witnessing is easy. Well, I've been saved 28 years, and I could tell you three things that are never easy. Reading your Bible, praying, and witnessing. Those things are, they're, they're, the devil will fight you tooth and nail on every last one of those things. And witnessing the most. People that we love, we can talk about all kinds of things, and then we start to witness and we get choked up and our, we start to sweat and all these things happen. But listen, you know what, you know what the Bible says about Noah? He moved with fear. You know why, Brother Stark? Because he knew what God had said. He said, there's a, there's a judgment coming, and all who are not saved are going to perish. And that's exactly the mandate that we have. There's a judgment coming, and all who are not saved are going to perish forever. So, pulling them out of the fire. Number seven, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. What does this mean here, talking about? Well, I got a great quote here from Warren Wiersbe. I've enjoyed Warren Wiersbe through the years. Just a great writer. He was with Back to the Bible, and then he pastored the Moody Church for a while. He's just got a lot of good stuff. He said this, Separation is not isolation. 
but contact without contamination. Okay, this is why doctors scrub up, and I hate to bring this subject up, but they put a mask on, right? Okay, and they're, they're going to work on you. They're, listen, many times they're cutting out cancer. They're cutting out things. They're, they're, they're not separate. They're not isolated, amen? They're, they have contact, but they're not contaminated by the sickness. So as one is attempting to witness, and that's the context here, to those who are in the bondage to sin and the devil, one must use extreme caution so as not to become a victim of the very pollutions from which they are trying to save them. In essence, he's using this term of the garment that you and I have been washed white in the blood of Christ. And you know what he says to us here? He says, be careful you don't get your robes dirty with the sins of the world. Now, praise God, there is an antidote. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins but to, and to cleanse us from all. But he, he uses the illustration here. If we're going to pull people out of the fire, we're going to have to hate the garment spotted by the flesh. Therefore, while we are to love the sinner... It is essential that we hate sin. All sin, and this is the order, all sin, our sin, and their sin. See, this is the world we live in right now. If you say anything about my lifestyle, you hate me. No, I don't either. I hate sin. I hate what it does to people. I hate how it eats people up. I hate that garment spotted by the flesh. So we give you a couple of, uh, of references there. Psalm uh, 97.10, Proverbs uh, 14.16, and you have a blank line there. Write down Romans 12.9. Let me read it to you really quickly. We're, we're uh, low on time here. Romans 12, uh, verse number 9. Such a great verse. It says, uh, Romans 12, 9 says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Abhor. Ab something that's abhorrent. It's awful. It's rotten. We're to hate evil like that. For if we do not hate sin and see it as exceeding sinful... The good intentions of winning wicked sinners to Christ can quickly and easily be sacrificed on the altar of the sins of the flesh which stain so many spiritual garments. If you don't hate sin, sin will get into you. And it'll stain your garments. It, I've seen it. I've, I Listen, forgive me. I've seen it in my own life, but I've seen it absolutely wreak havoc on people who have sat right where you're sitting tonight. Seen it happen. You got to learn to hate sin. Not the sinner. Not the sinner. Hate sin. Okay, 